Wow, that guy means business. Just an amazing player. No, not him, the sports photographer behind him. Uh, what? He has a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, where he earns 5% annual percentage yield, so he's scoring big on and off the field. You might even say he's the MVB. MVB? The most valuable business. Making your money work harder. That's how you business differently. Intuit QuickBooks. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes are in APY. APY can change at any time. Hi, we're Visible. We're the wireless company with nothing to hide. Seriously. Hidden fees? We don't have them. Annual contracts? Not our thing. Great wireless on just one line? Now that's more like it. Get unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month. Taxes and fees included. That's right. $25 a month? Every month. Sorry, hidden fees. We're just not that into you. Sometimes the choice is just Visible. Switch today at Visible.com. Rate with service on the Visible plan. For additional terms and network management practices, see Visible.com. Hi, I'm Kara Swisher, editor-at-large of Recode. You may know me as Samantha Bee's presidential campaign manager. Wait, she was born in Canada, so I guess that's not going to work. But in my spare time, I talk tech, and you're listening to Recode Decode from the Vox Media Podcast Network. Today in the red chair, obviously, is Samantha Bee, the host of the brilliant show on TBS called Full Frontal. Before that, she was a longtime contributor to The Daily Show. Sam, welcome to Rico Deco. Thank you. I'm so Thanks. happy to be here. I know. You're here. You have your tea. You I got my tea. got the internet company. I offered you a variety of snacks. Yeah, I have been offered all of the crunchiest All the crunchy snacks. snacks. Well, yep. We decided to go against that because it would mm-hmm. make a lot of noise. So we just came from the New York Times conference where you're talking with Cecile Richards about the new rules, I guess. Yes. So let's start a little bit, though, by talking about your rules and what, mm-hmm. you, have, um, what you have achieved. Now, you're the only... Host of a female host of a uh, well, I think I mean Sarah Silverman has Sarah her Silverman. show yeah. on Netflix still. Uh, the other two, uh, Michelle Wolf's show is gone now, and also uh, Robin she, Thede's show. Is Chelsea. Gone. Chelsea, Chelsea's gone yeah. too for now. I think others will emerge, but right. I don't. So let's know. talk about that. How you got there? Um, mm-hmm. People know who you are, but sort of the journey you got, how you got to where you, you were on the Daily Show for many years. Yeah, for a long time, for twelve years, and then. John announced that he was leaving. Mm -hmm. I'm just, I'm going to get the timeline all messed up. Mm -hmm. He announced that he was leaving. We were already, my husband and I had developed a scripted show Mm -hmm. at TBS and we had already shot the pilot for that. And we thought, it's called The Detour. It's, Mm -hmm. uh, we're in the shooting season four right now. It's a very funny show, actually. So you would probably love it. I think that you actually would love it. All right. So we were developing that. We had shot the pilot. And then he announced. And so we really, we knew that we would leave The Daily Show at some point. Mm-hmm. We just wanted to jump off onto our own thing. We wanted ownership over our sure, own property. Yeah. So we had developed lots of stuff. So mm-hmm. this was one of them. It was the first one that went to pilot. We were really proud of it and loved it. And so we, when he announced that he was leaving, it was shocking but not surprising. And we thought, okay, it's going to be the detour. Come on, detour, yeah. please get picked up <laughs> because we would like to leave. I think right. that this is the time that we will leave. Right. And they did pick up the detour and, in fact, also offered me my own show mm-hmm. kind of within a two-week time frame. It was crazy. Yeah. I was terrified, but, of course, I said yes. And then after that, it was really a process of getting the first season of the detour ready and then starting to develop this show. So had you thought about having your own show? Had you, because, you yeah. know, there's a lot of people that are on the shows of other mm-hmm. people. And I know I work for other people. I mm-hmm. like working for myself better. Right. Um, had you ever thought that you wanted to do that? I did think that I wanted to do that. And I do recall 
pitching a show, pitching a kind of like a 60-minute style show, because I do love to do field work. I like to mm-hmm. go out in the world yeah. and do stuff. And I recall pitching, lightly pitching myself as the host of a show like that years prior mm-hmm. and the feedback generally being, why would we do that? We already have one mm-hmm. show. Right. We have John. Right. We don't need any more shows. Right, because John <laughs> takes care of He everything. does it. He <laughs> takes care of everything. <laughs> no more voices required. <laughs> yes, exactly, especially female. <laughs> so that was shut down and... Never really, it wasn't a driving passion. I always thought that maybe I would do that in the future, but mm-hmm. I was kind of focused on scripted, quite honestly. Right. So it, it was, it surprised me, came out of the blue. Mm-hmm. And what would, were you? Honestly, were, no one ever believed in me before. That's right. And then they so, just did. That was shocking. You grabbed and hung on to it. It definitely. So when there were all these different shows, or there was the one show or there were two shows, mm-hmm. uh, what were you thinking you wanted to do differently? And of course, there's the tradition of Johnny Carson and everything else, like that kind of thing. What were you aiming for? With Full Frontal? Yeah. You know, there were times at The Daily Show, which was like an amazing training ground, of course, but there were definitely times when I would do a piece and think, oh, I think I would push that further. Like, Mm -hmm. I would take that further in a direction. And really, it was John's editor—it was was his voice, not mine, Mm -hmm. so you can only push it as far as— Which one would you have taken further? Well, we did a piece about—oh, God, we did a piece about a rape loophole Mm -hmm. and about— rapists in prison suing for custody of their children who were the product of rape. Mm -hmm. And it was such an upsetting story for me. And, you know, it wasn't, John loved the story. He absolutely pushed me to go deeper into my point of view on the story. But Mm -hmm. The Daily Show could only contain so much of my perspective. It really ultimately was not not my show. It's not my show. And so there were areas where we pulled back mm-hmm. out of necessity to the voice of that show that I didn't want to. Right. And that was like the most perfect example of where I thought I could take my voice mm-hmm. further than any other show. So what were you trying show. to do? Because sometimes when people are the only women, they have to right. do the women's perspective. You can't do just no. your perspective. I had no desire to just do the woman's perspective, but I did have a sense that it would just be different on mm-hmm. its own. And so when people, you know, you do, you end up doing like a lot of press before right. your show launches and everyone wants to know what will be different about it. And mm-hmm. it was very impossible to articulate mm-hmm. that because I thought... Well, the show will just naturally be different because it's, you. it's me. Mm-hmm. Of course it will be different, but you can't explain that. And it was. And in fact, I had an image in my brain before we launched the show, which was that we would only have six episodes. Mm-hmm. I think they had only really picked us up for six. And of course, you know, with television, they mm-hmm. can cancel you after one episode. Yes, they can. <laughs> it was just, they and don't they even, do. They don't have to even air that episode. So everything's kind of in the air. And I thought, what I'll do is I'll just like kick the barn doors in mm-hmm. with the first episode of the show and these six precious episodes. And these will be our calling card for future shows. Right. We just use right. these. We'll make the best episodes so it's we like can. A resume we'll, builder. Yeah, and then when we get canceled because it's too <laughs> re- outrageous, right. we'll take it somewhere else and, mm-hmm. and and do something with it. And in fact, it just worked. It mm-hmm. just was something that people craved in a different way. So, so what do you it connected look, with something? Right, it, it definitely connected with you. What was your goal? I know it sounds like a, it's kind of an open ended question, but mm-hmm. what was your goal with it? What are you trying to do every week? I don't know that I have a goal. I actually think it's very instinctive. I think we try to, we're just trying to, I'm just trying to say what 
the week has led to. Mm-hmm. It's really just a voice for the things that have happened in that week, or sometimes it's a longer perspective thing. It's just what is emerging for us. Right. And what's the commentary? What's the it? commentary? Mm-hmm. We get to sit back a little bit because we're only once a week, so right. that's actually nice. That's a gift. We don't have to put on a show every day in the mm-hmm. midst of... It would be difficult now. Very difficult. Um, you do miss some of the cycles. For though. sure. We yeah. miss a lot of cycles. No, because it goes so quickly. Yeah, it goes I was just really thinking fast. the op-ed New York Times thing was just a week ago or two weeks we ago. We miss a ton we, of things. You know, it, it goes on and on. Mm-hmm. So when you're doing this, when you're trying to do these shows and, and be topical, one of the things that has happened, I think, in a lot of the shows, not just yours, but pretty much all of them, mm-hmm. is they have served now almost like the editorial page used to, or as oh. journalists used to. Do you look at that, or is, are you trying to do comedy or commentary? or Because a lot of the stuff right. is set on those shows, like some stuff about Facebook you all done, stuff that mm-hmm. you've done has been much more cutting than reporters have been. Well, we also don't. I mean, the, what, what, what we do have is more freedom right. in the sense that we don't have to, we don't have access to anything. Right. Nobody, <laughs> Nobody has to talk to us. Right. We're not the paper of record. Right. So we don't, the stakes are, you know, they're not t- totally low, but. Yeah. You're not going to burn your sources. We're not going to burn our sources. We don't have any. Yeah. So that gives us a little bit more freedom to speak. And that was always how it felt at The Daily Show. We're like, we're not, we don't have to. No one's inviting us into the room. We're mm-hmm. not in the White House press corps. We don't have to play nice at all. Mm-hmm. So it, it's a little bit freeing. Freeing. So you sense. can do that. You can do. You, you can, can do basically that. do what but you want to do. But what's happened is they've become the they've, – I think they've changed more minds than it used to be. Have they, or, though? I mean, I don't know. I don't, have I th- they? Yes, absolutely. Okay. I think you're influencing young people like crazy. Like well, that's how they get their information. That would be – that's very nice and – well, these are the, these shows are the only things my kids watch. I know that right. all of them, which is really. I was I was I woke up yesterday and one of my sons was watching one of the shows, and that's where uh-huh. he was getting his news, and that's okay. where he was getting his perspective on the news, which right. was really interesting. That is but you interesting. don't think of it that way. I don't think of it that way because, well, I don't reflect. I don't. I don't reflect on it too much mm-hmm. from a broader perspective. I just we're we're so focused on making a show every week, mm-hmm. and I think that the brain turns right. in the direction of like I, I'm going to get to your app and things like that that you've been yeah, doing yeah, the voting yeah, stuff. Sure. But how do you go about every show. Just could you tell people how, how? Sure. I mean, we have, you know, we, we know what our schedule is. We try to put some longer form things up on the board. We basically have a board. Right. Okay. So you would do in any corporate environment. <laughs> any at and employee <laughs> any, like That's yourself. right. We have a very, a beautiful whiteboard. Yeah. And we, um, you know, we put as many long-term things up on the board as we can possibly do. So it's very helpful to know generally what the shape of a show will be. Mm-hmm. So we do, I do field work and I have correspondents who also do field work. So we know generally what those stories are like coming up. Like when you up. went down to Puerto Rico. Yep. Mm-hmm. And we also will put second acts or kind of longer term. We try to be a little bit evergreen or Mm -hmm. larger stories that are emerging for us that maybe aren't in the news cycle. We Mm -hmm. get those prepared with lots of research and the writers write on them and those are up on the board too. And we generally know what the picture of a show will be. The act one is the most timely. So Mm -hmm. that is something we talk about on the Thursday after a show, but it's not really solid because now the news cycle is so bonkers. I think in a previous life cycle, Mm -hmm. in a different timeline. It's never coming again. Yeah, we would know. Mm -hmm. We would have a better idea of what was coming next week, but we don't have a clue now. So it's pointless to even talk about it. We try to think we know by Mm -hmm. Thursday or Friday, 
but ultimately the first act or the most topical stuff is written on a Monday, Tuesday, mm-hmm. sometimes on a Wednesday, as such as, I mean, yesterday we were following the Kavanaugh stuff yeah, we'll like, talk about that. as it was happening. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's a little bit different. But we generally have a picture of two-thirds of the episode, mm-hmm. and then the last piece of it is the most topical, and that goes in. We figure that out on Monday you, or Tuesday. And then you tape on? We tape on Wednesday. Wednesday. We tape on Wednesday. Friday. Wednesday, 6 o'clock, so 6.30. Safe, what did you do this week? Because Kavanaugh was today, like right now. We did all—it was two acts of Kavanaugh and then mm-hmm. one act of the NFL cheerleaders. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. What's that story? I'm sorry. I missed that, given the Kavanaugh. I've been, oh, yeah, no, I there's— I only look at so many stories. Um, there are Houston Texans cheerleaders who are suing the NFL for mm-hmm. unpayment, like— yeah. For fair wages, fair wages and for – they're treated absolutely just horribly by the NFL. It's mm-hmm. as though any of the rules that we've come to understand just do not apply to the cheerleaders. Mm-hmm. They're treated miserably. So we did a piece about that. Mm-hmm. And so when you're thinking about what you're trying to do, do you consider yourself a comic or how do you look at it? I don't know. Or a rye observer of the rye, news. Rye, rye observer. I'll take that. <laughs> In my feather chapeau. In the gimlet. Um, I don't know how I see myself. Not really a comedian, I guess a comic performer. I don't know. Right. I have no way to know right. myself. And the season you're in, what, when you're finishing the shows, you're mm-hmm. just, you guys have just started to real. you use heavy use of internet. You use the heavy use of Twitter, you use the heavy use mm-hmm. of everything. And I've mm-hmm. noticed they push you a lot on Twitter and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So one of the things that you're doing, and we're going to talk about in the next section, is this app that you're working yeah. on. And we met because you were doing yeah. this thing. Mm-hmm. Can you explain it for everyone? And then we'll, sure. next section we'll talk about what you're doing. Well, the app is a comedic political trivia game Mm -hmm. with cash prizes. Mm -hmm. And it's a civic engagement app that's actually really funny and I think turned out great. You play a trivia game every day. All of the questions are related to what's in the news or they're related to government, but they're really funny questions in the voice of the show. People win cash prizes. And hopefully you also, with the app, will sign up for voting reminders and we'll present challenges as we get closer to the midterms. Because we learned that really a huge part of getting people to vote is getting them to make a plan for voting. So mm-hmm. with our app, it's funny and you win stuff, but also we sneakily so why did you do this? We why sneakily try to deliver you sneakily, you're trying to like some civic sugar engagement. With sugar. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Gamification. Gam- gamification. So what, what, why did you decide to do this? Well, I did a piece about gamification. Mm-hmm. So we ended up doing a piece about this little newspaper in New Brunswick, New Jersey that was providing excellent um Anyway, they were doing excellent work in this small town in New Jersey. We ended up meeting an expert in gamification, Gabe Zickerman. I loved him. I had never heard of it before. Never heard of gamification? No, it's not my world. I didn't know anything about it. Everything's gamified now. Completely. And now I see that. Now I see it all around me, but I'd never heard that. I was the one who was gullibly getting sucked in by gamification. (laughs) you are. Yeah. That's the point of it. Yeah. we learned about that. We applied that to saving this newspaper that really they couldn't pay their own rent. Mm-hmm. And it was so wildly successful that we ended up paying the rent for this newspaper for a year mm-hmm. or more. And it occurred to me after the fact, I was like, I wonder if you could make people vote this way. Because mm-hmm. we'd heard so many stories from him about applying gamification to like tax stuff in mm-hmm. China, like right. these amazing stories right. of yeah. success. And I thought, well— even if it didn't work for the midterms, it would be an interesting journey right. to try to build something mm-hmm. that could potentially influence people to and vote. get them to vote. Why not? Yeah. It was really just – it's an it was an experiment that actually I think 
turned out really well. I mean, it's still we're still learning from it. It's been mm-hmm. really uh, quite a journey. So you you went out, you came out mm-hmm. to Silicon Valley. You were yes. looking for experts in the field, and you also made a show out of it too. We made a show out of it. Right. We filmed the entire process yeah. from the start, from the beginning of even thinking about the game to the creation of the game. We've filmed content. After the release of the game, because the game has crashed, we mm-hmm. filmed my we filmed yeah, ourselves. Yeah, I, I noticed it crashed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We filmed ourselves post crash, mm-hmm. and we'll continue to make content because I really do see it as not just content for the show, but like a really just an interesting learning experience. Mm-hmm. Is this even possible? Is this something? I think it's fascinating. And, and why voter? Why vote? Just you want people well, to vote. Well, people have to vote. I mean, right. the stakes are very high. Right. I mean, there are lots of people who've known about the stakes of voting mm-hmm. for a long, long time. Right. And I think the rest of us are just figuring that figuring out that. And it's with anything to get them to do it. Just do it. So were you perplexed by the internet? Were you, like, because you, 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 I mean, you were doing some things to be funny, like, what is this? Mm-hmm. What's going on? But how do you look at that? You mean the yeah. the process of yeah. getting, of right. developing something? Yeah. You know what? I will say that I came to it as a t- complete naive. Mm-hmm. So me thinking, oh, is this even real? It was real. Mm-hmm. It, the way that they, the, just that all-day brainstorming session mm-hmm. alone was stunning to Your me. Your wireframes. Completely crazy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I really did not have any understanding how uh-huh. how, how things game, are made. How things are made. Yeah. yeah. And so I didn't you, have to care before. What did you end up learning? That it's a huge, takes a huge team mm-hmm. of incredible, it takes so many people and it is so much work to make the simplest thing possible. Uh-huh. And you really have to, I mean, it's all about the team that you're working with. And it right. also is about believing in the end results. Like mm-hmm. you have to see something on the horizon that is possible. And I appreciate the way that we came at it. I really do like not having any knowledge about it. Didn't mm-hmm. give us, didn't afford us mm-hmm. the opportunity to be cynical about it. Mm-hmm. So it's been terrific. I just did not. Where are you realize. on downloads now? So many people downloaded the game. So many people. on the first day. Uh-huh. It crashed, uh-huh. and we were so. Roseanne Galani, who's the producer, who's really producing the game with Adam Warbeck. Mm-hmm. The two of us were so sad. We were like, "Oh no, the game crashed!" And then all we she kept getting these emails from people in Silicon Valley who were like, "Congratulations on the crash!" Oh. It means you've got something ah, there. It is. You've really true. got something there. You yeah. got a little nut. Good yeah. for you. Yeah. So, yeah. Who hasn't crashed? Who has it? If AOL it's good, crashed, it crashes. Facebook's crash. Twitter yeah. used to crash all the time. Yeah, if you remember you got the f- fail wheel. I do not. You do not? No. They had every time Twitter went down, they put up a picture of a fail wheel. Oh. <laughs> and, and it was a whale. It was oh, a whale spouting things, and they celebrated their failure. Well, you do celebrate your failure. That yeah. was part of the learning curve. Yeah. So, you know, even kind of from a television network perspective, they're like, oh, no, it crashed. I'm like, no, it's good, guys. Right, right, Trust me. Right. What did you learn from your journey in tech? <laughs> I'm still learning. Yeah. I, you know, I think that we had the kernel of a good idea. I think mm-hmm. like the voice is very clear in the game. We did try to make it fun. I think we can do an even bigger and broader game for 2020. I think that if we keep this and keep making it better, it will. It could be a very interesting side project. Were you really hoping interesting. to make money from it? No. No. Nobody's making money from it. No. No. I well, thought Kim Kardashian did with hers. She did, but her thing is different. This right. is a civic engagement app. I did right. think it did occur to me mm-hmm. how many fewer people would download it if yeah. it seemed to be if I seemed to be personally profiting from it. I think oh, that I see. would right. be yucky. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Who I don't would, know. I wouldn't want that. Yeah. I wouldn't download it. No, that's true. Maybe I, I would, not. I would think, ew, what a oh, you got you need a Bigger TV or something? Right. I don't know. What are you trying to do? 
So yeah, it's not a it's not a money making endeavor. It really is civic it's trying a, to get people it's to a vote. Civic trying engagement to get people to vote. app. Yeah, I think, and where, how do you decide that success? How do you know if people are voting or people are signing up? Well, we know that people are signing up for our voting reminders mm-hmm. in the dozens of tens of thousands, which is the gross. dozens of tens of. <laughs> you don't have your numbers, do you? I don't. No, I didn't think so. No, no, no. I actually. No, I think maybe 75,000 people have signed up for voting reminders. That's good. Which is amazing. Yeah. That's either the number of people who've registered or the and have signed up for voting reminders, which is actually great because, as you know, 20,000 votes can make a huge difference. As as I've heard, and we're going to talk about that Mm -hmm. more when we get back. We're here with Samantha B. She's obviously the host of Full Frontal and uh, also an internet mogul at this point. That's right. That's me. uh, When we get back. Hi, we're Visible. We're the wireless company with nothing to hide. Seriously. Hidden fees? We don't have them. Annual contracts? Not our thing. Great wireless on just one line? Now that's more like it. Get unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month. Taxes and fees included. That's right, $25 a month every month. Sorry, hidden fees. We're just not that into you. Sometimes the choice is just Visible. Switch today at Visible.com. Rate with service on the Visible plan. For additional terms and network management practices, see Visible.com. Support for this podcast comes from Constant Contact. If you're a business owner, you already know that it's really, really hard to cut through the noise of everyday life. If you want to connect with your customers, you need to break through the noise. You need Constant Contact. Constant Contact is a marketing platform that makes it easy to reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and connect over email, text, social media, and more. Whether you're a marketing guru or just learning the ropes, Constant Contact offers writing assistance tools and automation features that make it simple to say the right thing at the right time. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. We're here with Sam B. She's the host of Full Frontal, and we're talking about the app she created in Civic News. That's how I met her. I don't usually meet hosts of TV shows that much. You do. I do. You're right. I do you know meet everybody. them. You know I, everyone. I do know everybody. <laughs> it's weird. Don't you find it weird? I am amazed by how many people you know. I always love talking to you. I want to, like, corner you and stick you in a car and talk to you about, about all the people you know. Yeah, yeah. And I also know their secrets, which is great. I know. It's going to be a big novel someday, and then I'll I never, know. I will disappear. <laughs> then I will disappear. It'll be so bad. I'm going to visit your island, and you can no. give me all the hot gas. No, I'm going to be a hermit. Then, no, okay. there's not going to be any goss. I'm going right. to be sitting there with, like, a, a ukulele, <laughs> an ironic ukulele. In the uh-huh. So uh, let's talk about here and now. Let's talk about what happened to you, your other internet, what happened all, along the internet. One of the things, I did a show a little while ago about bots and the use mm-hmm. of bots, and one of the things that was really interesting, it emerged uh, was what happened around Roseanne and and you on the mm-hmm. show when you called Ivanka the name. Mm-hmm. And that flew up like crazy on the yes. internet. A lot of that was bot traffic, which oh, was really yes. and the same thing with Roseanne's, which was interesting. And mm-hmm. it was used to and then it then it generated a lot of attention. Talk a little bit about that experience, what happened there and Oh yes. Well we did the show and we all high-fived each other. We thought, great show, everyone. We were all very <laughs> satisfied with the end product. Right, when that was happening, uh-huh. did you? Did anybody go, mm, maybe not so much? No. Yeah. I would say completely, it was completely opposite. And and it was consistent with the show up yeah. until that point, actually. Which you had been doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which is why we knew nothing. And then overnight, you know when you, just that 
TFW, yeah. you pick up your phone yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at four o'clock in the morning, right. and it has it is smoldering because so much has happened in the night. It was that I don't even I I don't even have my Twitter mentions turned on, and I could see that we were in for something. You were trending, yes. Yeah. Um, and that was the beginning of a very long week, uh-huh. I would say. Yeah, but it did. I learned after the fact that it did begin with bots. Mm-hmm. And, and then, then people got involved. They, and people got involved. They definitely, right. the bots inflamed people. That's right, which is the point. Yes. And right. then the people were inflamed. Yeah, they were inflamed mm, until they, they weren't because sure the were. next thing came along. The next despite. thing came along. But how did that feel? Like a lot of people are subject to these internet, mm-hmm. rolling internet. Sure. And it's usually Twitter, usually mm-hmm. Twitter, but it's everywhere else. Mm-hmm. Well, what is that like now as a performer? Because before you do something and maybe, maybe it would be, yeah. yeah, yeah, maybe someone writes a little Some, blurb about yes, it. Yes, or a reviewer or a newspaper. In that instance, I would say it was not a good feeling to be on everyone's lips. Mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. know it was, you know, even my husband for example, was just walking into conversations randomly in other cities and people were talking about it, right. not knowing that he was my husband. Oh, you know, okay. it was like it was the talk of the town and mm-hmm. many towns for a long time. It was not a good feeling. It was terrible. I don't it was terrible. It was truly an awful week. Well, what happens then in, in these things where these things do, they go like waves across and get into these ways that wasn't before? I never really had that experience before where, wherein I walked down the street and many, many people were interacting with me. Right. Meaning, I don't really have, doing? well, there were a lot of high fives, quite honestly, but yeah. I don't live life that way. I right. don't walk around as like the king of the Upper West Side yeah. with people talking to me all the time. You know, I'm really very, head down. yeah, very, hat on head. very, very low key. <laughs> um, so that was a different sensation. And I definitely felt like, oh, this is, hmm, to be notorious even for a second in this way is mm-hmm. not, it was not, it was really unpleasant. It, mm-hmm. it really put me off my game. And then when the president tweets about you, yeah. that's a whole other, that. that is like winged monkeys come out of the woodwork <laughs> and they just fly toward you. <laughs> Feels absolutely terrible. Yeah. Would I change the past? Absolutely right. not. Right. I learned a lot about it. I actually <laughs> learned a lot about myself and my capacity. It felt like walking through fire. Mm-hmm. And I think that I came out on the other side stronger and better for it, older by a hundred years. Okay, all right. But <laughs> you look good. I just live at the bottom of an old oak tree now. <laughs> just a so, no, wizened get back to the, when the crown. president does it, the use yeah. of Twitter by him uh-huh. and attacking people personally. Yes. Mm-hmm. It was well, yet to get know, to me, but doubt he ever will. This is going to sound crazy, but as soon as he tweeted about me, it gave me a sense of it gave me a, a sense of calm washed over me. Actually, I thought, okay, that's that's good because. If the president is calling for you to get fired, you can't really get fired, can you? No, Doesn't you can't. It become it's a, perfect. It yeah. becomes the First Amendment issue, and then yeah. that's some that takes it to the stratosphere. So, right. I, I felt a little bit calm from it, but it definitely unleashed, you know, a lot of a lot of badness. A lot of dementors came into my life for mm-hmm. sure, which is really really negative. But did you go off Twitter? Did you go off? Because you're active. You use it, right? I, not a lot. I actually yeah. don't use it that much. I'm a I'm very. I'm an active, very active observer. Mm-hmm. I am always on Twitter, but mm-hmm. not always interacting with I it. I see. I turn. I keep my mentions off, and I've done that for years, and mm-hmm. that's just out of self-preservation. It's smart. Um, I did interview Lena Dunham. She had the same thing because she got like oh, she God. gets killed on just social ki- media. But she killed. she was reading it for a long time. 
Yeah, you really have to stop. It's a discipline. It mm -hmm. really is just like a discipline of total restraint. Mm -hmm. And I'm actually very good at it. Mm -hmm. Thanks. That's my special skill. It's restraint. <laughs> restraint. I don't restraint. read what people say about me, and that right. is very good to do that. Well, it was interesting. So what was the result of it? Did it pull you back? Because one of these things that I'm watching is people when it mm -hmm. happens. And, yeah. you know, people complain about Twitter. I feel if you say something controversial, you're just going to have to live with, you know, mm -hmm. with what happens now because the reaction is so vast and so It's vast. All, it'll always come up in a Google search about me, which yeah. is a kind of a bad feeling. Yeah. It was bad. I felt sad for my kids at school who, mm -hmm. you know, people were talking about it in school. Ultimately, um, yeah, it, it changed the way that I think of the show, for sure. So I mean, how did it do little, that? I'm, well, does it I mean, hold it, you back then? Because your show no. is, because I noticed recently, no. No, 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 no. It doesn't It doesn't hold me back, but it, it, it changed my perspective of the show. Mm -hmm. Because I guess prior to that, I really do keep everything very small in my brain. Mm -hmm. I keep it, I'm like a lady who grew up in Canada, mm -hmm. like, you know, I'm like, I'm, you know. I tend to keep the show on a very weekly basis. I'm always like spinning wheels and efforting toward making a show. We make the show. That's great. I put it on a shelf, start thinking about the next one. And it just occurred to me in this moment, okay, we actually are part of the national conversation. Okay, it is different now. We're not an upstart show right. anymore. We've been doing this for years now. Now we are established. Which matters, right? Yeah. Now we're established. What we say has more consequence, mm -hmm. slightly more. It doesn't change the way that we approach the show. It really just changed my inner psychology. So how does that manifest then? If anything, and this is, I'm I'm discovering these words as mm -hmm. I'm saying them. Good, Actually, perfect. I haven't really thought about Good. it a lot. Even better. I think that it has given me more confidence. Does that? It makes no, no sense. No, it makes me enough. understand mm -hmm. that it's really okay to take up more space in the world. Yeah. It really is okay. So we changed our title credits to reflect that. Such as, explain. In the first iteration of our title credits, I'm a tiny person standing mm -hmm. up and there are giants all around. In this iteration of the title credits, I'm the giant observing the world right. from a different perspective. Well, talk, talk about that idea because mm -hmm. I did a really great interview with Jill Soloway uh, mm -hmm. where she was talking about the male gaze and being mm -hmm. taking up space. And she actually physically got up and did a male stance, which was really interesting because yeah. then you saw it physically, like taking up space mm -hmm. and being the observer rather than the observed and mm -hmm. stuff like that. And, you know, that's like essentially one of the many feminist things you can mm -hmm. talk about. But w it really made me think, like, the idea of taking up space and what's happening. You were just talking about that idea, and you and Cecile were talking, Richards was talking about the idea of the rage that is upsetting people, like, or mm -hmm. the or this taking up space or the confidence that women are having. Mm -hmm. I understand that the show has a different function now. I fully understand that I've spoken about it before, but now it's just in my bones. I get it now. It's a cathartic experience for us at the show, and we are giving voice to people who don't have their own shows mm -hmm. to speak out, people mm -hmm. who don't have a platform. So I just feel I, I feel more free to speak. If mm -hmm. anything, I just feel— So it made you more so rather I, than— Yeah, more so, I right. would say. Right. I probably will not use that word yes. again. Was that I a mistake was, to make that word? I don't think it was a mistake because I learned a lot from it, actually. Right. But I understand it was hurtful for a lot of people in our audience, and I get that. I take mm -hmm. that. I take that on board. Mm -hmm. I understand that. I own that. Yeah. Is there anything off base, though, then? Some things are, then. I think some things are, but we've always had that situation. Right. We've always felt that. There always are jokes that you would make in rehearsal that you won't make right. on the show. Which one? No, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Tell them all now. <laughs> yeah. 
No one's listening. To and this. there is a subject matter too that's we would love to do a story about it. But how are we going to tell that comedically? Like, like it's what? amazing. Tell me one. Oh, um, there was a story ages ago about the foster care system in Mississippi, and you just go, well, there's nothing in here. There's just no opportunity for satire in here. No. This is just terrible Sad. all the way down. Right. Top to bottom. A lot of stories are like that, but at least you can find you can find the satire in it right. because there are powerful people that you can speak to and think, you know, you can speak truth to power. In this mm-hmm. situation, there's just nothing. Right. So, you know, it's not for us. Not it's for not you. a story for us. And you wouldn't do more serious stories. Sometimes. Well, maybe in a future incarnation of mm-hmm. my life. Your 60 like Minutes show. Sta- my 60 Minutes show yeah. is still brewing. But see, everyone's going to wait for you to make a joke now. I think there's a way to do these types of shows with um, an entertaining aspect. I think mm-hmm. there's, without being part of the entertainment industry, but I do think that there's a way to do it. Right. That is. When you're thinking about that, when you're trying, because you're obviously trying to talk about, ser- you're not just trying to be silly. Because a lot of, yeah. I think a lot of the shows are that. They are just... They have no nutritional value. I don't know how else to put it. Because so much of television has become that way. Either well, a scream not, fest or a... I think that's great for other people if they want to do that. I'm actually just not, as a human being, interested in just being entertained with entertaining. I, 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 like, I, I, it doesn't do anything for me. It's not what I personally like. I've always said this about entertainment. I'm just a person who likes to... I like someone to take my hand and drag me into a world. Mm-hmm. Keep me there keep my attention for the time that I'm with them and then mm-hmm. push me out the door and get rid of me. Right. I don't love gentle things anymore. Right. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, when I watch, I, I need just to be taken to a place forcefully. And mm-hmm. listen, one of, the shows, one of the shows I love the most is Call the Midwife. I'm yeah. in a world. You took yeah. me there. I believe right. it. I'm here. Right. I'm a I'm a nurse. I'm a sightseer. They're it's great. They're and then nurses. they're so badass. And then I'm gone. Yeah. It's good. It's like a it's a respite for me. Or, you know, horrible shows too. Right. What, Horror shows. Like what else do you watch? <laughs> uh or what do you God, what, what do you I think watch? Is oh, you know what? I just I actually just started watching The Americans. Oh, yeah. Oh, I love it. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. I'm always so happy when I can latch on to a thing. A thing? I like to come to it seven years too late. Yes. Well, like, <laughs> did you watch Marvel's Mrs. Maisel? <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. Just take me to a place. A place. I feel like that's how I see the show. That's yeah. how I see this show, too. Take you to a place. And see you later. All right. We're going to talk when we get back uh, after our next break uh, about where entertainment's going and also women's issues because right now, as we're Mm. speaking, the Kavanaugh hearings are going on. And I'd like to get your thoughts on that soon. Yeah. (laughs) I bet you can imagine what they are. I can't wait. We're back with Samantha B. She's obviously an actor, a comedian, a host of Full Frontal. Uh, we're having a very serious discussion about so the serious. world. So serious. And, mm-hmm. and, and now I'm going to let her be funny. No, I'm not oh, going to no, let her be funny God. in any way. I want you to be no. grim. <laughs> oh, the, um, grim? That sounds yeah. good. Grim. Okay. Kavanaugh hearings going on uh, right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Give us a preview oh, of next week. What? I don't know. <laughs> Can you do I, that noise again? <laughs> That's it. That's your famous noise. That's, okay. <laughs> That's my face and my inner aspect. I don't know. I mean, I hear that... Uh, Dr. Ford is doing a great job. Mm-hmm. She's being very, I really, I was saying on a stage earlier today, I wanted to jump, run into a church and light a candle for right, her. I right. was like, just yeah. be, just speak what is in your heart. Speak what you remember. How, how did we get here? It's astonishing. Like you and I were how talking are we about still like. still here? Yeah, I know. How are we still here? How are here? we still here? Yeah. How are the same people asking questions that ask questions during Anita Hill? Mm-hmm. I found, I listened to the Daily the other day, the, mm-hmm. just a recap of Anita Hill and it right. was, 
mind blowing yeah. for me how similar. It's right. just the same. Here we are. We, we still have people saying, but she was drunk. Right. How did she end up going to a party? She went to 10 parties and got drunk at 10 parties, and people were getting raped at those parties. Why didn't she call the FBI? Right. Like, that was the oh present. Oh, my God. Although he just said George Washington was bad. <laughs> That's right. He's learning things in <laughs> in real time no, and unlearning things. That was no. astonishing. I was like, to be I fair, know. he's dead. So let's move well, on. Well, that was a wonderful press conference. Yeah. I at some point, I think at six thirty p.m. last night, I I was not watching his rambling press conference, <laughs> but I learned that it was still happening. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> you just just keep going. Oh, it's just material it's just a for stream you. of consciousness. So thinking about like the show, when this is happening, when you when you're looking at things like this, mm-hmm. you know you've been doing a much more political stuff of how people are, and in the scope of not just the way media has changed. Like you've got cable news, you've mm-hmm. got the internet, you've got everything else. How do you look at that? Like how do you when you have like a thing like Kavanaugh? It's mm-hmm. become the, the cycles obviously have sped up and everything else, but it doesn't seem like we're moving anywhere. It's that we're having the same discussion, just quicker. Mm-hmm. I don't really know how to answer that question. We're just experiencing it as it's happening. Obviously, we're it's affecting us all really deeply. It's affected everyone in my office really deeply. We know we've all had experiences. We've every woman. grown up in this world. Every woman, every I know. woman, every. Every right. woman. And if you haven't had an experience or don't know any of the characters in this story, right. good for you. Yeah. But yeah, I'm absolutely. telling you, if this is new information for you, right. you must have had an amazing life. And right. I'm very what do you? Jealous. Where does it go? What happens? Because it does feel like, you know, you, you, you obviously you are pushing for midterm changes and things mm-hmm. like that. Where well, hopefully the power that we have is the power of voting. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, we can actually take back this world. Mm-hmm. We just have to invest in the idea that we are part of this system. Mm-hmm. We have to take it back. Right. We just have to take back the power. Do you think that's going to happen? I don't know. Yeah. When don't you ask up, me. I'm yeah. not. I don't know. <laughs> what, 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 <laughs> I made a game <laughs> doing whatever I could do. <laughs> right. Right. But, but do you imagine it will change? Oh, my God. Well, I hope so. I hope right. it does for, I mean, you know, we were talking a little bit earlier. I hope that my children can grow up in a world in which their sexual experiences aren't all coercion, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. aren't all people convincing them that they should do a thing that they're not interested in doing or just right perpetrating it upon them. Of course, I want to live in a better world starting young. Yeah. When you do this, when you have, you have three kids— mm-hmm. How did they live in this world with all this media coming at them? You have teenagers, you have... Uh, my kids are, they're, they're still at the stage where they're bored of me listening to the news all the time. Yeah. I think they, they take in what they take in. They certainly know plenty about the world that we live in, but they're not obsessed with it. Although like there's, a, there, there's a fair amount of, I mean, the schools that they go to, they do a fair amount of discussion of current events. So they have, mm-hmm. you know, they have child or preteen's view of the world, which mm-hmm. is good. But Very I remember different. at 10 years old, disliking Ronald Reagan intensely. Right. And I think that my children feel the same way about Donald Trump, uh-huh. not just because I'm telling them to, because right. they're learning about the things that he's doing. Right, 
Right. So I want to finish talking about where entertainment's going when you mm-hmm. think about you're on television. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you obviously use the internet. What's you just got bought by AT and T, and you free some phone service? You get that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm only waiting for my free phone you're not service. Free anything from no. AT&T. How does that feel? Like it's changed. Like entertainment. When you started entertainment, it was mm-hmm. pretty set. There was Hollywood. There was. Uh, the yes. way it was, it was very inaccessible to me. Right. Yes, it was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, they didn't no, welcome you with open arms. Didn't welcome me with open arms. You, you know, I, I mean, you know, last night America <laughs> Ferrer was on stage at this event, and she was like, every someone said, "What has Hollywood changed?" For example, and she goes, "What is that?" Because I never got into ho- what is Hollywood. It's not. It's right. not like it's not a thing. It's not a group of six people in a room making decisions. I'm also very disconnected from that world because mm-hmm. I live in. We do our show in New York City, and I live in New York City, and that's just a different vibe entirely. Absolutely. So, so I don't sashay around Hollywood parties and sashay? just like know everybody right. and just like I don't come into a Hollywood party party and just like sparkle <laughs> everyone to death with my hey, repartee. Babes. Hey Jennifer Lawrence. <laughs> hey girl. Finger you guns. Doing? What's up? <laughs> <laughs> that is just not hey, Larry David. What's yeah. up? That's really just not yeah. my world at all. Yeah. So I mean, you do go to those things occasionally. Yeah. I feel, but for me, I. I the way that I perceive it is work. that it's work. Right. I just treat it as work mm-hmm. and stress out about it as though it's work because right. it is work. Right. That's right. how I see it. Yeah, you're selling yourself. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I'm not really – I think I'm an outsider. Mm-hmm. I think even though I have a platform and I have – you know, we're bought by AT and on all of these relationships. But all of these relationships exist kind of outside of my world. That you're not world. thinking about I'm not, I don't often but, you know, think about that's a luxury that I can I can see that that is a luxury and I'm not 100% sure why that you, luxury has been afforded to me but great. When you think about that as a producer and you're making shows like mm-hmm. you're going to make other shows with your yeah. husband you work together on that. We work together on some things some not things. all things yeah. When you look at all the internet companies coming in with the money like Amazon and Netflix mm-hmm. and others and mm-hmm. I was I was Jane Lynch the other day about this like mm-hmm. it's just she said she doesn't even think about it whoever buys her stuff she's right. fine. Do you imagine that's going to change the way things are that more accessibility for voices like yours or do you not I think that's a good thing. I actually think that's a that is a very forward and positive direction. More people, more people with money, more people with. uh, Listen, we have to get people interested in other voices. We have to bring more people into the party. We have Mm -hmm. to, you know, like actually walk the walk of hiring interesting people and new voices and people who don't come with a giant resume. You have to be creative and you have to reach into different places to find people for sure. Otherwise, it'll be same, same, same. Same, same, same. But to me, that's a very positive. I couldn't have imagined starting out at 27 looking at like I would never have looked at the big networks that existed and gone, that'll be me one day. Right. People like, will be right. talking about my latest show. You know, yeah, never. Show. Not in a million years. Not in a million. So do you feel that it's open more or not? I do feel like it's open more. I mean, certainly I did comedy forever mm-hmm. with actually with one of the producers of my show, Lana Harkin. We did comedy for years in Toronto. And if YouTube had existed when we were doing our comedy, it would have been a completely different, different experience. A completely different dynamic. So I want to finish up talking about where comedy is now. There's comics. Well, you have Bill Cosby being mm-hmm. put, sent to prison. Perp walked, yep. Yep. A perp walked out. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got Louis C.K. You've mm-hmm. got uh, people, Norm McDonald defending Louis C.K. Mm-hmm. What is the comedy world now? It's gotten so dead serious. It seems... I'm not really a part... I'm yeah. just actually not really a part of it, right. to be perfectly honest. It's yeah. not... I don't, we don't, there's no, 
I'm not a, a part of any secret society if it right. does exist, uh-huh. and I haven't really yes, been invited are. to it. No, yeah, I mean, I, when I started at The Daily Show and my husband worked, when we were working there, we were very aware mm-hmm. that we just didn't know anybody. We don't know any. We don't know a lot of comedians. We actually mm-hmm. just didn't grow up in that because we were working in Canada. We don't have those relationships from like, remember when we were the the early days at the Groundlings when we were right. all together and we all lived oh, in SNL a two bedroom so apartment. <laughs> we don't have any of that. So mm-hmm. we've always felt a little bit like we were an island. Um, not to say that I don't have pleasant interactions. Sure, I've met right. lots more people now and it's great, but it's not like I don't feel not really beholden to anybody mm-hmm. because it's not my world mm-hmm. in a way. It's weird to be I'm just kind of on the fringes of so this world a little bit. This, this I just thing. go off and do this thing and it's not the thing that I it doesn't doing a comedy show is great. I, I love it. I love the people that I work with. Like I give it over to them completely. Mm-hmm. But it's not the only thing in my life and it's not the last thing I'll ever do. It sounds rather healthy. And I could walk away from it and be fine. So two last things. What yeah. do you think the key topics you've have to cover on your show now you obviously focus a lot on me too you focus yeah. a lot on, on and that's solved apparently no, we so. did it uh. guys we did it <laughs> i wouldn't say that there's any it's not like we have subject matter that we go one day we'll you? cover this yeah. these you know women's issues are very important to me because that's mm-hmm. who i am but also i would say that immigrant issues are very important to me personally that's just a I thought your Puerto Rican stuff. That's a state and that's that's part of this country was some of the strongest. Oh, thank you. I I was surprised by how moving it was. Thank you. Yeah, I would say that the refugee situation is very compelling to me personally. These are just my personal passions. I could see the next phase of my life being completely different and just pouring myself into. Such as? That's what I was going to ask you. Into working with refugees is a very easy place that I could imagine my life going. It's a really easy direction for me to imagine. And not being in entertainment. For sure. Yeah. It would be nice to, I could, oh, gee, this is such a future conversation. But I could, 100%, I don't need to be in front of the camera forever. I could easily, would love to put shows in place that, I love the subject matter. I'm definitely, I'll move in that direction of development for sure. But I could easily move on to something else, working, creating my own foundation. Very few people, celebrities say that. Oh, it's a hundred. It's great. It's good. Maybe it's because I'm from Canada. Yeah. I don't know. I Do never you had like any. Being a celebrity because you are really. Yeah, it's nice. You get a, there's perks like, for sure. Such as. Hmm. Let me think about the perks. <laughs> you get. I kind of have good clothes. Mm-hmm. I like my clothes, but I also I was always a decent dresser. I guess I was a decent dresser before. I've always worn blazers, so that's uh-huh. nothing. Yeah, your blazer. Yeah, there's really nothing new your there. Your blazer game is excellent. It's excellent, but it always was pretty good. Was it? All right. Yeah, people are very nice to you. Mm-hmm. You know what? People are people are nice to you even when they don't need to be. They are just generally. You can usually get a restaurant reservation. Mm-hmm. Not it's like always. being in a handsome bubble or whatever. A little bit. It's not. I don't take full advantage of it. That's for sure. All right. Last question. See, what is going to happen in this Kavanaugh thing? Let me I don't do know. You know. I hope. Don't know. Thing, I don't. Uh, you know. I don't want to. I never like to leave things on a very unpleasant. I never yeah. want to say like I don't know. Probably same as it ever was because <laughs> it would be amazing if it wasn't. Right. I would love that. Have I, we made progress? Do you think? Well, women are running. Women should be running. Women need Would to— Would you ever run? Me? Never. Never. No. I what? support those who do. All right. Yeah. 
You support those who do. I definitely support those. All who right, do. say the app so people can download and vote. This is not a game. This is the game. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Very smart. Please download it. All right, it's fun. It's where is it? The App Store, everywhere else. Yeah, yes, yeah. App Store. It's mm-hmm. a really fun game. And Sam was very lovely coming to Silicon Valley. It was very nice to see her, and she enjoyed the. Ge- really you enjoyed fun. the geeks, didn't you? Oh yeah, yeah. I love. I yeah. loved. Yeah, we they had loved a great you. time. Yeah, you came to Lesbians Who Tech. You came mm-hmm. everywhere. Those lesbians sort of gave you a lot of tough advice, though. They gave me great they were, advice. They yeah. gave me advice that we one hundred percent. Used. We well, used all the advice people gave us, yeah. even the advice you gave us. Yeah, what did I say? That oh, we would th- definitely fail. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad to be wrong. I mean, we probably will eventually fail. Oh, sure. <laughs> yeah, but I appreciate it, Sam. And thank you so much. It's a great game. It's called This Is Not a Game, The Game. Thank you. Um, please vote in the next elections, yes. please. God, please. And please, please. <laughs> you must vote. We can't leave it all to... <sighs> The groups that do vote. Don't leave it up to the other guys, yeah. please. Yes, indeed. Anyway, Sam, it was great talking to you. Her show is called Full Frontal. It's on TBS. And what season are you in right now? Third. And are you going next year? Mm-hmm. Do they pick you up? Oh, oh good. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. They're still keeping you. Still this old battle axe is going to be and around the phone a company. Longer. Yes, <laughs> yes. Sam who works for the phone company. It was great talking to you. Thank you. Thanks for coming on the show. If you enjoyed the interview as much as I did, be sure to subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. You can also find more episodes of Recode Decode on Spotify Google Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts. If you want to say hi, tweet at me. I'm at Kara Swisher on Twitter. Sam, where can people follow you online? Nowhere. Nowhere. I guess at Full Frontal Sam B. And then I do have my own Twitter handle at I am Sam B, but I will not respond to it. I will not. I probably am not going to read it. Okay. All right. That's nice. Okay. That makes people feel good. You never know. You're probably not. Don't expect a call. (laughs) Don't be too mean. Sit by the phone. Maybe maybe I'll call in. Who knows? I will respond. I respond to everyone on Twitter. I like it. You're good at it. You're very good at it. I'm a professional Twitter. You are. You know that? Mm -hmm. Me and President Trump. (laughs) You're so similar. We are so similar. He's really good at Twitter. Sam. You can't, yes. you can't deny I'm it. Gonna, I'm not going to... Don't deny it. I'm not going to take that away from him. All right. Yeah, that's... Yeah. Okay. Now that you're done with this, go and check out the latest episode of Recode Media. You can find that show wherever you found this one. Thanks for listening to this episode of Recode Decode. Thanks to our editor, Joel Robbie, and our producer, Eric Johnson. I'll be back here on Wednesday. Tune in then. Just tune, tune in. in. <laughs> God's sake. What are you doing? Hi, we're Visible. We're the wireless company with nothing to hide. Seriously. Hidden fees? We don't have them. Annual contracts? Not our thing. Great wireless on just one line? Now that's more like it. Get unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month. Taxes and fees included. That's right. $25 a month? Every month. Sorry, hidden fees. We're just not that into you. Sometimes the choice is just Visible. Switch today at Visible.com. Rate with service on the Visible plan. For additional terms and network management practices, see Visible.com.